ladies and gentlemen and podcast fans around the world, welcome back to Better Than Most Things with your hosts, Sean and Max. Hey, thank you very much, producer Mr. E. Thank you. (laughs) This is a podcast. Yep, sure is, pal. (laughs) All right. Honestly, ho, Sean, what's the first thing you think of when you hear this? Uh, A goat. Oh, good. I'm glad that's all you hear still after all this time. I thought you say like internal rage. I hate that noise. Something like that. No. Okay. (laughs) That's why I didn't ask you. (laughs) I say that's my my ringtone or my like my text. Like it's the my text uh, (laughs) notification is uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Though. Wow. Mm-hmm. And like I, I love that movie and I love that sound, but now it now I fucking hate it. Yes. <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah, it's the same thing with alarms. So you don't set an alarm to a song you like because you're gonna learn to hate it. It's true. At it's true. That's my perspective. It does happen. Yeah, I have like a Naruto song as my ringtone, and I still do like it, but it is like, yeah. It's setting off new feelings when it goes off. Not like yeah. cool ones. I'm like, Ugh. it triggers your lizard brain. You're like, hey, uh, uh, like on edge for uh. just just a little bit, and just raises your blood uh. pressure. So I got a story here. Uh, it, it is an older one, but uh, it, it clears. It checks out. It checks out. That's it's the one. Che- it still it still checks out, Captain. I was about to clear this story. <laughs> In fact, I'm not even sure why I'm telling you at this at all, <laughs> Darth Vader. I'm sorry. Don't kill me. Leave the story to me. Uh. <laughs> Now, uh, again, this is an older story. Um, when the war in Ukraine broke out, a little while later, um, Russia said that they will no longer help with International Space Station stuff. Okay. So what that means is now the International Space Station may come back to Earth sooner than expected. Oh, no. So originally... And I know... Yeah. I'll say, doesn't it... It's going to, like... Not land either, as far as I know. Correct. It's um, supposed to crash into an ocean, like burn up in the atmosphere and then crash into an ocean. Yeah, the world's a garbage pit. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Don't worry. They'll take all the plastics off of it before. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Spray it down with Ray a little bit first <laughs> and just, throw, just dump it in, set it on fire. Blow that shit up. It's all organic. Don't you worry about that. That sucks, man. Why, why can't they just like push it? At the moon and let it crash there. Huh. I'd rather have the debris there, personally. On the moon. And just destroy. Yes. Smash to bits. I'd rather have it there because then we can still, I don't know, versus like the the fiery ocean shitty death. So I think its orbit. Ooh, this plan. Its orbit is, um, you know, it's still within the Earth's gravity. So maybe pushing it out farther towards the moon is more hard nah, it's, it's all math baby you it's just like math. wait and go like come on get it like it's like you're, you're on a merry-go-round right and like you want to jump off right so that you can steal and not pay the guy three dollars like right now jump at the exit <laughs> same thing the exit's the moon like you just launch the you just launch it as fast as you can and if you miss it dang it's gone either way right where who's gonna get it like what do you care fucking <laughs> you gotta just destroy it <laughs> We gotta like skip it off uh, Starlink satellites and get it up there. Um, So originally it was scheduled to come down in 2024 when it was originally put up there decades ago. I think it's decades ago. I don't know. Um, But the countries involved before the Ukraine war all voted to keep it up until 2030. And Russia, Russia was involved in that. And they were supposed to be an integral part of crashing the station safely to Earth by using one of its ships to maneuver and set up the space station for a clean reentry. So they would somehow dock with it or push it and help guide it into a clean reentry that would uh, splash down in the middle of one of the oceans or something. So they're not going to provide the ship now to guide the ISS? They will not bullshit? be doing that. Fucking assholes. And as a result, uh, I, don't know. I don't know if this is um, true or not or how much study has been put in this or if it's just propaganda, but uh, it may crash into the U.S. Oh, you know, look out. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Is Shut that up. Like, it's coming to get you. 
How ironic would I hate, that be? I hate, I hate like, that shit. <laughs> I don't know why. You can just tell sometimes. You just, I know, because we read all these articles, and sometimes like it's like, this is going to change your life. And then you read it, it does not change your life. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, those throwaway sentences like, oh, could it be threatening you? More, I love it. So I thought this was very interesting. Uh, Russia has also said that they will no longer supply the rockets NASA uses to send supplies to the International Space Station. Come on, bros. Come on. A spokesperson for the Russian Space Agency said, quote, in a situation like this, we can't supply the United States with our world's best rocket engines. Let them fly on something else. They're broomsticks. I don't know what. (laughs) Is that really what they said? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, I'm glad I get my news from you. It's like that shit's so toxic. I can't. I can't. I I try to like actively avoid it, honestly. Um, but Jesus Christ! As I say, well, in case you didn't know, Max, uh, what we learned from this article is there's a war in Ukraine and Russia. I did learn that. Number okay. one. Well, first of all, I heard of Russia as a country and Ukraine. Or I thought they're the same places. Uh-huh. And then and then they're they're at odds with each other. And then I'm really concerned with anything NASA. That's why once NASA's involved, I'm like, what the fuck. They're not going to give us those crucial, crucial. Yeah, I'm sure the rockets are so good. Get the hell out of here. They have like one bullet for the whole country. And they have like, yeah, they're like, we're so dependent. We're Isn't so that fucking World War dependent. I? Like, that's not fucking. <laughs> whatever, whatever. No one forgets, Sean. No one forgets. All right. And so fucking now they're like our number one supplier of fucking. I'm sure it's just missiles. cheaper to build them over there. But at the end of the day, we still have Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos that are building rockets God. and shit. Like, we're fine. I don't want their the International Space either. Station's fine hate them and the rockets i want <laughs> let's build our own rock i say we could do it for half and whenever i say that i'm really putting that on you I, so can I, you do that i can't blame them if i was a billionaire yeah, i'd want to build printer. my own rockets like who the fuck would be printer you can do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> one piece at a time all out of plastic <laughs> so <laughs> for maximum damage when it splashes down in the ocean well the amish they did it with the wooden one so i think you could do the plastic one that's true that's true also, what we learned from this article, Max, is that we have people in space. So, you know. Okay. Woohoo. Okay. These are these are some valuable, valuable lessons we've learned today. <laughs> you want to learn some more lessons? I would love to. Let's do it. This uh, this lesson is going to be about Europa. My what? That's right. <laughs> that uh, strap you bought on on Amazon called <laughs> Europa. I thought that was clever. Okay, uh, no, I like Europa it. is a. <laughs> I just came out without the fly. That's not even written down. Uh, uh, Jupiter's moon Europa. You guys know what that is, right? Like you've heard of it before. Yes. I think we possibly talked about it. Any any memories from it at all? Uh, no, I get it confused. Uh, they have Titan. They have. Um... Uh, God, they got a couple other moons there, and they're all interesting and maybe Earth-like, or you know, they. I don't know. They're all cool. I want to yeah. say something with water. Yes, it okay. is with water. Ah, okay. Yes, okay. water is involved here. Um, so uh, Jupiter's moon Europa is a, a prime candidate in the search for life in the solar system. Um, the frozen moon has a subsurface ocean, and uh, evidence indicate it's warm, salty, and rich in life-enabling chemistry. So basically, we always talk about Europa because it's like the best place to look in the solar system for little microbes or something like that. Like usually every time we talk about Europa, we're like, Oh, extremophiles, those, those little bacteria things that could possibly exist next to volcanic, volcanic vents, you know, under the ocean type of deal. And it's all this, like, hopefully maybe still, you know, a huge chance, but still the idea is cool because then it's essentially in our backyard instead of like looking the stars for all these little twinkling shits for, Hey, I'm right here. That's not working. So we could just find these little little bacterias on Europa, brah. That shut everyone up. Aliens exist right there. So, <laughs> so, so did we? Did we find bacteria? No, but get hyped, brah. Oh, okay. Invest in Europa. This, but, uh, this I wanna, is I wanna, just I'm like the time. This is just like the time they told us there might be life in like the clouds of Venus because of some carbon dioxide bullshit or something. Yeah, then that was either <laughs> that was later. They later said it was like a uh, like an error or like a although of course they would say that wouldn't they? It's a smudge on the lens. Exactly, they would say that. Um, so basically, what this article is about is a possibility for oxygen in the water of Europa, and so this is just kind of like increasing the like, ooh, this place is getting really interesting, and like this is why we're going to send a mission there. This is one of the national missions coming up is a mission to Europa. 
And so, um, yeah, so there's a possibility that uh, the, the moon is actually pulling oxygen down into the icy shell. So that's what it is because it's a frozen shell. And basically, I'll kind of skip ahead a little bit, but like basically like oxygen is like it exists outside. Okay. On the surface, like but since atmosphere. it's so frozen. Yeah, or so, well, not an atmosphere, but basically I'll talk about it later, but like there's basically oxygen up there, but they think they can't get down there because it's just a, a, a hard crust. Like there's, there's like 10 or 15 miles of ice or some shit. But this is a possibility. It's almost like life finds a way. This guy, like this, this is like, it's not confirmed, but this is like a way that it could work. Okay. Per se. And it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. So um, this is a way oxygen could permeate that ice Poss- to get a, below a, it. Yes. Okay. Correct. That is exactly how I do it. So now that you got that figured out, I want to talk about that mission really quick. So that new mission that we're, I was talking about, it's called the Europa Clipper. I want this to be like a focus that we follow. And it's, a, it's scheduled to launch in 2024. And the spacecraft will orbit Jupiter and conduct multiple close flybys of Europa to gather data on the moon's atmosphere, surface, and interior. Hmm. So this is really cool because obviously we're going to find out more information if this could, you know, be a life thing. So um, in the in the ship, so it, in its suite of nine science instruments, uh, it will investigate everything from the depth and salinity of the ocean to the thickness of the ice crust to the characteristics of potential plumes that may be venting subsurface water into the space. So you probably heard that too. Is we've always Europa's always like that subsurface plume thing. It almost sounds like there's volcanoes, but it's like water shooting out, and that's how we just kind of figured out they had water there. I had not. Okay, maybe I had. Um, fuck. So it, <laughs> exactly, like so. It's one of those things. I'm sure over our podcasting career, we've we've talked about it over and over again, and it's like it is like the best place to look. But this is kind of making it more exciting. Like it could have oxygen down there. So, like I said, this whole thing's about oxygen. And that could be the final piece in understanding it if it could be habitable because um, Europa has, or we think it does, most of what life needs to sustain itself. So check this shit out. So water is the prime ingredient, right? And it has an abundance of water in its subsurface ocean. Europa has more water than Earth's oceans. Wow. Ah, cool. Okay. What? I didn't know that shit either. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? That's very cool. Because, I mean, the whole the whole point of uh, that the TV show from a decade ago, Battlestar Galactica, was they were skipping across the universe trying to run away from an enemy, but they're running out of resources. And one of those resources was water that they're running out of. And they're like, oh, we just we can't find any fucking water. And like our solar system has two planets worth of water in it. Like, that's fascinating. Love that. That is. I mean... I'm not sure if it's like drinkable shit. Like uh, it does say briny a lot. So I think it's really salty. Yeah. Okay. So who knows, man? But like still, even like, you know, we can't drink ocean water either. That's still a lot of shit down there. So, (laughs) so it has water, right? Number one. Boom. So, um, has more than the oceans. And then uh, it also has the required chemical nutrients. The article didn't go in in depth there. So I wrote just jisms and, (laughs) Magisms. <laughs> I don't know. So it just says, I don't know. So it has the required chemical nutrients down there. I like that you're equal then, opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, life needs <laughs> life needs energy. And Europa's energy source is tidal flexing from Jupiter, which heats its interior and stops the ocean from freezing solid. And I believe the tidal flexing is like what it's basically like kind of moving the moving everything, almost like how tectonic plates here would like create a earthquake. I believe that's happening. I, th- I believe that's what that means. I didn't look further right. into it, but I've talked about this enough. I've no tidal flexing, and it's because it it's because it's orbiting Jupiter, right? And yeah, just like thing again, like yeah, it's orbiting Jupiter. The moon is, and it's <laughs> inter- Jupiter's interacting with it, and that's why the gravity. Yeah. That's why it's shooting out the plumes of water. That's why it's getting all messed up with it's this tidal flexing, as they say, and this is what heats the interior and stops the ocean from freezing solid. That's why there's liquid water there. Okay, so how does the oxygen? Oh, it has like a heat there. source. So here we go. All <laughs> right. So, so oxygen is on the surface. The oxygen is generated when sunlight and charged particles from Jupiter strike the moon's surface. So that's how oxygen's on the surface now, too. Well, that's good too. Holy, holy shit, it's on the surface. So uh, yeah, how does it get down through the ice sheet or whatever? So this is like this is like now back to like the life finds a way possibility. So how can oxygen be make its way down to the to the subsurface ocean? Pools of salt water in Europa's icy shell could be transporting the oxygen from the surface to the ocean. Uh, briny pools exist in places in the shell where the ice melts due to convection currents. 
and it's, it looks like chaos terrain. It's like this favorite. So we've seen pictures of Europa, and they call it chaos terrain, and it looks just like a bunch of cracks and bullshit. It almost looks like hell or something. They call it chaos terrain, and chaos terrain is 25% of Europa's frozen surface. And now they're thinking basically like off of a 2011 study, actually, well, so it's older now, but uh, they found that a chaos terrain on Europa may be located above vast lakes of liquid water as little as 1.9 miles below the below the ice versus they think the 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 thick parts of the ice are about 10 to 15 miles thick and so that's important too because we've talked about like how deep things go on the show before and how far we've drilled into things yeah the idea that we're gonna we're gonna try to find stuff well, more about that later. Uh, but like the fact, the idea that we're trying to like <laughs> the the idea that we're trying to like dig into these type of oceans or shit like that. Like, what the fuck are we gonna do if we get there? Right? Like, just like drill 10, 15 miles. Like, that's not gonna work. So the idea that this chaos terrain could be above things that are only like one or two miles thick. That's good already. And then, uh, but basically, there could be lakes of liquid water below this depths and then so since these lakes aren't directly connected to the subsurface ocean but they can drain into them so they're basically saying this is a way like they can mix with the with the with the ice and get to this subsurface water and then that subsurface water eventually gets into even the more subsurface and life finds a way and it all could mix together in a nice briny ox over time and bajillions of years and shit yes so So you're saying that could be happening the ingredients are there including heat from the core right yes i believe it's the core that's the i was thinking that same thing i believe it's the core because that's why the liquid's not frozen right yeah so right so it could be there's the, heat from the core the flexing, yeah uh you said like amino acids and there's complex chemicals, chemicals in there and then oxygen yes and yes. water so and a bunch of water yeah yeah and so europa is like looking to be pretty good and that's where they're heading there in 2024 and they all uh, another brief thing about Europa too is like as I was studying today uh, there was a new article about double ridges on the surface of Europa and these same double ridges we've seen in Greenland's ice sheet and those are created by pockets of liquid water contained within the ice itself so we're seeing the same ridges in Greenland that we see now on Europa and that means there's pockets of liquid water contained within the ice itself so what does that mean that means there could be water kind of like even closer than aliens like, bro aliens bro and so <laughs> and here's the last thing here's the last thing is that um because it's so these pockets the, for the double ridges the one i'm just talking about today because it's closer to the surface where you get interesting chemicals from space other moons and the volcanoes of io there's a possibility that life has a shot if there are pockets of water in that shell so and if and as we just learned from the other article if things exist up there could be a system as it all starts funneling down and funneling down and funneling down. Yeah. Could be. So yeah, we'll find maybe. out. 2024 is when the mission launches. And then it'll probably take a year or two to get there. Probably. And is I don't it, even know. It's just a flyby or will it orbit? It'll orbit several times, I believe. Nice. Uh, multiple close flybys of Europa. Hey, I love close flybys of my Europa. Yeah, right? My favorite shit. All right, let's get away from the uh, the space talk here, gentlemen. Do you guys like art? I can see. No. <laughs> I can see from Mr. E. Uh, he's got all sorts of cool pictures posted all around his room. Uh, and Max, you got a nice background there on your screen. I do. Yeah. So yeah, Art's cool and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Right. I'll, like, I'll I, with it. I, I think I'll you guys appreciate it. it to a certain degree, I would say. Um, so tell me, tell me your thoughts on this. In 1959, the French artist Ives Klein came out with a series of pieces he called, and he called this series Zones of Immaterial Pictorial Sensibility, or if you turn that into an acronym, ZOIPS. So I'll be referring to it as ZOIPS. That's what I think. <laughs> That's good. <Okay. laughs> Perfect timing. Zoips. <laughs> I, I thought I was trying to. Yeah, shut up. I, I'm still. It's ah, new. Spot on, bro. It's a new button. Quiet, you. Zoips. So like so, zoinks, but zoips. Yeah, exactly. Zoips. Zones of immaterial pictorial sensibility, and what this series focused on is the immaterial nature of owning things and some other heady, arty bullshit. 
Ooh, the immaterial nature of owning things. Right, and can you really own something? And, you know, do you need to touch it to own it? And all this stuff. So instead of selling paintings, what this guy did was he sold receipts for what he called invisible artwork. I hate this. Um, so, so I it was going to be something stupid yeah. like this. <laughs> Wait, it's not stupid. It's art. <laughs> it's subjective. God, okay. Damn it. So he's selling like what? Here's what? Would, what kind of painting would you like, sir? Like a really pretty one. One pretty painting. Here you go. What would you like, little girl? I like a sad painting of a unicorn. One sad painting unicorn. Ah, it's just receipts. It's just receipts. One receipts. That's it. So I don't know. I think he, had he doesn't like a... even make them. I thought he was gonna make them and then maybe like yeah, like I oh I keep them, but <laughs> I keep them. Like... But you know, <laughs> no. So um, instead of uh, selling the paintings, he just sold the receipts. And one of these receipts just sold at Sotheby's, which is an auction house, for what some might call an outrageous amount. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to guess how much it's sold for this receipt of an invisible masterpiece. And um, so I can give you the option. Do you want me to tell you why it might have sold for these prices or or for this price? You know, no, let's just get some prices. I think I should. I think we should guess first because, yeah, if you give us more info, we're going to probably guess higher. But like I'm going to really we've been pretty good at these guesses. Um, A receipt. A receipt for an invisible piece of art. From 1959. Uh, shut the fuck up. 15,000. Okay, Mr. No, e. Penny more. Nah, nah, nah. We're talking like 330,000. I know. I think you're right. I, I want to change mine a little. Like, uh, But he said some might consider. Like, I consider that's pretty a receipt. That's, okay, I'll change it to 30. I'll change mine to 30. 30, and I'm done. 30,000, and Mr. E is 300,000 more. All right. Yeah. You have both underbid by a significant oh amount. God. It sold. It, oh God! It sold for one million one hundred and fifty-one thousand four hundred and sixty-seven dollars and forty cents. How is it from nineteen fifty-nine? What is what is this part? What is this bullshit? Like, is is he like? Did he create it today and wrote nineteen fifty-nine on the receipt, or he's, he had this concept? No, back this, then the invisible art. Yeah, this artist in nineteen fifty-nine. Uh, did a series of pieces a that he called Invisible Art, and he just sold you the receipt. And so here's there's two reasons why this might have sold for this much. And here they are. Number one, when Klein, the original artist, um, originally sold these in 1959, he encouraged the buyer to burn the receipt and throw the money into the local river. Thus cementing them as the original and final owner of the original or of the imaginary piece. Burn what money? Um, burn the receipt and throw the money in the river. What money? Like, didn't, the didn't money he, he paid. Them? Yeah. Yeah. The money, the, the buyer paid for the invisible art. Um, they threw it all in the river. So the artist didn't make any money. You're saying like, what he would have paid, they throw it all away. Uh, I think only if you burn the receipt, because some okay. of these still exist, no one right? Did that. <laughs> some yeah. people did it, yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. Okay. So uh, I think there was a hundred in the series, something like that. So who knows how many were burned and lost to time? So it, it is a somewhat limited piece. Uh-huh. So that's one reason. So the the t- the time, yeah, the time. I didn't catch the night. Well, you said nineteen fifty nine, and in my mind, I'm like, that's still. Sounds like a whatever. Okay, because why? And that's not a, like I don't know. That's so that sounds like a, some bullshit gimmicky bullshit someone would do now. I know. That's why I was like, man, they were doing gimmicky bullshit back then. That's why I was kind of like not believing the timeline. <laughs> yeah, and I know Zoips sounds very contemporary, but Zoips this guy was ahead of his time apparently because the right? second reason some people are likening this whole thing to the first NFT. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. You can own something. You can't touch, and if you track the ownership of these receipts through the decades, you will have the first blockchain, which is uh, essentially what a, um, uh, a crypto thing is built on. It's it's a progressive ledger. 
Yay, so what an, an NFT in 1959 receipt thing. This guy's ahead of his Gotta time. Catch them all. Gotta I wanna know what the receipt's like. Are they fucking basic ass bitch receipts? Are they these descriptive? Like <laughs> one just, pretty no, it's like a picture framed... with a dolphin and a lot of shit. Like, does it even describe what it is? Does it say one painting, please? Like like from IKEA, if you bought something from painting, it wouldn't say like big peach painting, number four. It would just say paint. Painting number two or something it wouldn't say anything. I think like, it's about it? the size of a dollar bill. The receipt okay. is, and uh, the one I saw, I think that was auctioned off, was inside a frame, and um, the receipt was aged paper. I think it had a serial number on it, maybe some writing and a signature, and that's fucking it. Like, there's not much to it, and uh, I don't know. Did they it's get like fleeced? a receipt of sale? Based, it's a receipt of. It's like it sounds like there's not even a description. It's so early in receipt history. That's when you just, it really was just like a money transaction. Thanks for shopping at this. Yep. Does it even have coupons on the back? Oh. Receipts have coupons on the back now. <laughs> Tons, but then you got to like tear them off the receipt. And you know, like who's going to do that? And they're probably all bad. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Does uh, Nike still honor receipts from 1959? You know? Totally. Shoe City? Yeah. Culver's? I keep all my receipts too in the receipt room. Yeah. Aldi? Yeah. State of Brothers? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I think it's about that time. What do you think? I think so. I think it's about that time. And that time. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mr. E. (laughs) It's it's time for our game. Uh, What's better than most is our weekly debate game where we randomly choose two subjects. Then our judge, moi, puts a spin on it. And our other two contestants debate it. Um, oh yeah, I need the hat. So our suggestion today is da 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 drawing something from the hat, and there it is. It's a max suggestion before I ever say it. God. Uh Cheez Its versus Wheat Thins. Ooh. Okay. Alright. I'll take this one. Oh wow. Alright. We'll there see you me. when you get back from the break. Okay. All right, we're back from the break, and our suggestion was Cheez-Its versus Wheat Thins. All right, gentlemen, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Mr. E, which one do you like more, Cheez-Its or Wheat Thins? Can I tell them the truth, or do I lie? <laughs> Cheez-Its. Lie. Cheez-Its? All right, you're getting Wheat Thins. Max, God you're getting it, Cheez-Its. I, <laughs> I was dreading that question. I'm like, I don't know what I'd say. Good thing. Oh, really? I thought yours would be cut and dry, so I just skipped you. I thought you'd go for Cheez-Its. I kind of, I think I would have, but I, they both have their merits. <laughs> anyway. All right. So in this scenario, you have confessed your love to our tech guy, Maestro, but he doesn't like you in that way. So you kidnap him and plan to break him by keeping him in your basement and feeding him only Cheez-Its or Wheat Thins. <laughs> What's the better option? <laughs> All right. Max, you're going to go first. I'm going to give you a minute. Starting. Well, can I get that? I want to. Uh, oh, yes. It's always a repeat. Jesus. Okay. Get the prompt either. Okay. So, in this scenario, you have confessed your love to our tech guy, Maestro, but he doesn't like you in that way. So, you kidnap him and plan to break him by keeping him in your basement and feeding him only Cheez Its or Wheat Thins. Which is the better option? Okay. All right. Are you ready? And I'm Wheat Thins, right? Okay. No, you're Cheez Its. Ah, damn it. Cheez-Its. Does that okay. change everything you were just writing? I wish you were weed thins. No, <laughs> I was actually typing only, I was typing the prompt, but I was formulating wheat. Okay. All right. And you you are ready to go in three, two, one, start. First of all, if I kidnapped him, he would not be hurt in this kidnapping. So he'd, he'd be arriving in this area completely fine. And then I would, I'd have a bowl of Cheez-Its and I'd be like, you're going to have these Cheez-Its every day, buddy. We all agree Cheez-Its are the best tasty snack and they're, just, you could, they're addictive and you really could live off them. And so I'm just going to present it in a very nice like, dude, this is your life now. You get to just hang with me. I'm going to make you eat Cheez-Its. It's going to be fun. I, I can give him beer, I think, in the prompt. I can't quite remember. So he'll have beer and Cheez-Its. It'll be the ultimate. And there'll be fun and snacks down there. And eventually, like all prison scenarios, he'll get lonely. And then, boom, he will. Uh, he doesn't like me that way, it says in the, in the scenario. Well, he will because all he'll have is Cheez-Its and beer. And eventually, it'll affect his mind. 
As we all know, Cheez-Its are widely used in prisons for eliciting this exact behavior. Cheez-Its go crazy. They're an aphrodisiac. Five seconds. People go crazy for him. I will have him. And you're done. All right. I will have him. Okay. I will have him! <laughs> Mr. E, your time starts in three, two, one, go. Okay. Well, this isn't going to be fun for Maestro because nobody likes wheat thins. Let's just throw that <laughs> out there. Okay. Um, it's essentially cardboard. Like, let's think about it. It's meant to be enjoyed with a delicious spread of some sort, like a cheese or like um, maybe like a cheese whiz or something like that. But I'm not going to give him any of that, okay? He's getting plain wheat thins, which no one can enjoy, okay? Him eating plain wheat thins day in and day out would force him to think about all these delicious spreads and would cause even more psychological torture on this man, which would only snowball day after day after day, okay? Uh, thirdly, uh, I, I have to give him water because I don't want to kill the man, but I'm going to give him just enough water to make it so it's just enough, uh, just enough discomfort while he's eating these wheat thins because you're eating sponges, man. It's like eating ash out of a barbecue, okay? Like, Five seconds. there's nothing enjoyable about it. You're eating these day in and day out. You're going to fucking hate yourself, man. I'm sorry. You know it, too. And you're done. Okay. I uh, Since Maestro is sitting in on this call, I will remind the audience to uh, not show any... Don't 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 start nodding when you hear a good point or any of that shit. Yeah, you hear me? All right, Max. Oh, I'm not even looking at that. Yeah. You have 30 seconds of rebuttal starting right now. Okay, so that was the beginning. All the torture I would do, but it's a nice torture. I'd get him used to it, but eventually he'd probably be like, "Oh, this cheese is too much. Give me more food." And I'd be like, "No, that's all you're getting, bitch!" And I'd start gluing the cheeses to his face, and then I'd cut him with cheeses too until until I. He just acquiesced to, I guess, my demands, which are very strange. And then um, eventually he's like, please, no more, no more. I was just start forcing the cheeses down his throat, be like, take them, take these goddamn cheeses, take them. And, and I, eventually I think I'd, I'd win. So cheeses are the you're best done. because he can, he can live on them. Okay. <laughs> Mr. E, 30-second rebuttal starts now. All right, listen, I know Maestro. I know what kind of food this guy likes. This guy is an enjoyer of the finer things when it comes to meats and and foods like that. And I'm telling you, I would have this man cracked in three hours of wheat thins <laughs> in, in my captivity. It would be so fast. I would be taunting him with his smoker and all the different, I don't know if you call them scents or flavors, but the smoker, but I'd tempt him with those. It, he would just bend to my will. It'd be too easy, man. Nobody likes wheat thins. And you're done. They're too dry. All right. All right. How'd you guys feel about that one? Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really is who does he want to fuck now, right? Isn't that <laughs> the, 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 we got to find out. We got to get him on the horn. Like, maybe he should answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So right, let's go. The whole premise is that we're trying to get the, get the love. <laughs> hey, you want to torture uh, him until he gives in to us. <laughs> I'll fuck you till you love me, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think, <laughs> Max? Some of your points here. Um, I like that in the beginning you wouldn't hurt him. You know, you took you took this different approach to kidnapping somebody and psychologically torturing them, which was like a very comforting. Like you almost want them to develop a Stockholm syndrome. Yes. Yes. So that was interesting. Um, I like that you you gave him beer, and I was like, nah, it's only Cheez-Its. He's not getting beer. <laughs> only, wow, yeah. Only Cheez-Its. <laughs> and I didn't even think about water, but yeah, Mr. E, you're kind of right about water. I guess he needs water. He needs liquids. But may- <laughs> he needs to keep him alive. Um, yeah, uh, they glue them to his face and cut him with Cheez-Its and shit. That's, that's on you. At the end of the day, I'm just concerned about... You can do whatever the fuck. You can, you can fuck him with Cheez-Its. I don't care. <laughs> I had to go darker because Mr. Reed... <laughs> I, I, I reassessed. I was like, damn, I'm not being mean enough. <laughs> and although the audience might likes it, I'm going to penalize you for the audio aids, sir. I know. I do I I go in it. I shouldn't want to make you laugh. Simply because... We don't, Mr. E and I don't have that capability. We can't do I it. Know. <laughs> I knew everything going into it. I pressed that button. I'm like, this is, <laughs> I knew what I was doing. Um, Mr. E, I like that your opening statement was nobody likes wheat thins. <laughs> That's pretty strong. Strong one. Yes. Um, they're pretty much cardboard and they're meant to be enjoyed with a spread. 
and he's not getting any of that. So that was interesting. Um, good. I like that your your torture would just snowball, and you would give him just enough water to be uncomfortable. That was that was fun. Um, just to keep him alive, but for him to hate himself. And the real key here, like Mr. E tapped into, was the idea that he knows Maestro and he enjoys the finer things like the better meats and the smokers and whatnot. And he would have them cracked in three hours. I like that bet. <laughs> Maybe less. I mean, with wheat dins shit, I wouldn't last 30 minutes. I like that you also went into the other details of how you would uh, torture him about uh, tempting him with smells and whatnot. Um, yeah, I think. I'm going to give this one to Wheat Thins, but I would like to hear uh, if Maestro thinks that's an acceptable answer. Does Maestro think Wheat Thins would win? Yeah, I think so. Uh, It sounded like definitely the worst case. Like, one side I had, like, Jesus and beer, and the other side was, like, Wheat Thins and water, (laughs) and then I'm smelling other (laughs) food smells. Instead, like I think I'm taking myself out like before three hours. <laughs> All right, so it is justified. Congratulations, Mister E. Go yay! Man, that was hard because I've I've eaten whole boxes of cheese. It's been like, man, I feel like heartburny. So I was oh, sitting yeah. like, man, like <laughs> it's gonna be hard to do. That. I was hoping to get wheat this because I'm like, it's healthier. <laughs> Yeah. Uh all right. For well, the record, uh yeah. I I I do not I do like wheat thins. Uh but yeah, it definitely needs a spread. Um like he was saying. And <laughs> I find if I don't have the spread and I eat a wheat thin, like I always do the salt side down. There's like a saltier side. Well, of course. And I put that on my tongue. Anyways, yep. <laughs> Very touching, better than most things. <laughs> find out. The salt, but you know, what's so funny. I did eat recently wheat thins. Brought to you by wheat thins. So, um, and I agree. You have, you have to eat the salt side down. It would probably surprise nobody here that uh, I have a box of wheat thins that I regularly munch on. <laughs> oh yeah, that's basically a saltine cracker with a uh-huh. little bit of flavor. I actually applaud you for that. Too <laughs> like, much flavor, if you ask me. I know, right? Like that's actually amazing. <laughs> All right, well, I got a story here. Actually, do you guys ever want to be in, like, the history books or, uh, like, have a legitimate Guinness record or something like that? You guys have any aspirations like that? I know Mr. E does. What what was yours? You wanted to do... Um... Like a Capri Sun? Yeah, that's right. I actually <laughs> bought some Capri Suns after our last conversation. They're downstairs in the oh, fridge, nice. and I've been meaning to try it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, give it a shot. I definitely will. I definitely will. Um, but to answer your question, not really. Maybe... <clears throat> I don't know if I had to say something, it'd be something related to scuba diving, but mm. like record setting equals death in scuba diving. So <laughs> it's kind of sketch. Like the records are that are set now are pretty much like just crazy. Yeah. Jacques Cousteau pretty much. I, I all that five myself. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's, I, I think the <laughs> deepest dive by a scuba diver is like over a thousand feet or something. It's just something stupid. Yeah. Like when you see those, um, the videos of the pools in Germany that are just like, a mile deep or some shit like that's that's nutty what's all like dark down there it's dark down there bro bring a flashlight (laughs) hell where's the lighting so a uh, a man in switzerland has become the first person to ever tear his lungs while masturbating oh my god huh huh how do you do that how did i know this show would make it to a punchline how would you do so the 20 year old was lying on his bed flogging the bishop when he experienced a stabbing pain in his chest he blew himself he blew a lung okay i can't Ooh, i like where your head's at though (laughs) i had somewhere there okay um he went to the er complained of stabbing pain and trouble breathing his face had swollen for some reason maybe because he didn't finish and he got blue face instead of blue balls like Uh i don't know how they do it over in switzerland if it doesn't come out it goes it goes in it's gotta go somewhere it has to. <laughs> so the doctors examined him and could hear a cracking sound coming from his chest when he breathed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never good. Never good. So air was essentially escaping his lungs into his chest cavity, which uh, can be a real you know, pain in the ass, I guess. Um, I guess that sucks. <laughs> so chest scans revealed that he had torn his uh, mediastinum, uh, the part between the lungs, 
and his air sacs were also damaged. Ow. What's he, <laughs> how is this? How is one involved with the other is what I'm trying to get, understand. Is he breathing is heavily? Like... He's holding his breath. He's probably doing some breathing, whole breath oh, shit. In that. I so, or or like maybe that. he's like spraying like a bunch of like raid stuff in his mouth as he's doing it. Well, hey, like hang a on. A bunch of compressed air. <laughs> Mr. E was about to tell us how he cranks it. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just saying like the worst I can think of, the worst I get is like some forearm fatigue. I mean, this dude's ripping lungs. Like, what the? I mean, yeah, just I, think, like, I mean, how do you rip your lungs even running a mile? How What's would you rip your lungs? What's his dick look like if he's jacking so, it that hard? I yeah, mean, how come that's not ripped? Like, All good questions to which I don't have the answer. Maybe he like uh, puts his head in a, in a, in a fish tank. Oh, he's like, like, you know, all that bold, like, I like just fucking. Why did you sound like a monkey? That's what it would sound like. I'm assuming it's called a thought experiment. Like, <laughs> like, just like in and out of the water. Like, oh, this is so hot. Like, diving in and out. This is so hot. And I, that fucking fulfilling. Like I tore my lung just doing that. Like, so doing it for a long session. So yeah, after he was uh, after he was scanned, he was diagnosed with a uh, pneumomedia stenum, and uh, this can be caused by physical trauma to the lungs or esophagus. It can also spontaneously arise when a sudden increase in pressure within the chest cavity causes a tear in certain lung mem- membranes, allowing air to leak out. This kind of injury is uh, more likely to happen in young men, and known triggers include acute asthma attacks, uh, strenuous exercise, or violent vomiting. Okay. So, like you guys, what does this have to do with him jacking his dick? So, like, so was he violently vomiting on something? Maybe. What was he violently vomiting on? He wasn't even anywhere in the same ballpark. He was way down. With a different system. So, <laughs> I know. What is one connecting to the other? So uh, other cases have been reported where so um, uh, people <laughs> have had sex with partners and experienced this, but that's very rare. So it is, I guess, the strenuous. Like if you ran even. Yeah, if you just run, you would have had this too, right? Right. Or, you know, he was he was really going at it. I don't know. Um, when you're right? having we... sex with someone, you're like moving them around and stuff and repositioning. So that I can kind of understand a little more, you know, but mm. like, yeah, during that you spin, you yeah, spin them, right? you toss them around, yeah. you know, but yeah. like, yeah, I don't know, man, this dude's just got a rocket arm. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so he required high doses of oxygen and was given uh, preventative antibiotics while under observation. And uh, this condition usually clear, clears up on its own. So, Ultimately, he's fine. Um, okay. But he will <sighs> go down in history as the first and so far only case of, uh, let me see here, Namam medium stenum from uh, autoerotic activities. I, want some, I masturbated so hard, my lungs burst. <laughs> he made it into the records, but record books. Uh, A lot of vomiting was involved. I thought this was funny. The top comment under the story was, either he's doing it wrong or I'm doing it wrong. Exactly. (laughs) That was very poignant. Yep. Yep. Somebody here. Dude, I feel like he's he's jacking it as like there's like a can of compressed air just like full blast going into his lungs or something like that. Even even that has to that's the only thing that kind of makes even sense. Like he's and there's a belt somewhere involved and the fish yeah. tank and and that's what I'm thinking. Maybe it's like connect, like a connecting thing. with the system of something to connect to the lungs. I don't know. It it was he too bashful to say that he was like choking himself out or like trying to get like a oxygen high or something at the time. Beating the shit out of him. Uh, it has I don't to know. Be something like that, right? But then you know, <laughs> I, don't know. I guess you would. How can it- People have been doing this for thousands of years. The one dude in the history of the world that's ever happened to. Like, come on. This isn't just some rare thing. Like, he was fucking around. Well, how young is he? Is this, like, super young? Like, this is his He's first time doing that? 20 years old. It was his first oh time. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's when you're invincible, pretty much, too. 
Crazy. So yeah, don't don't breathe too hard, gentlemen. All right. Just, you gotta relax every now and then. I thought it was supposed to be a pleasurable experience. Uh, now you gotta worry about dying. <laughs> boo, boo this man. All right, okay. So, what do you all know about boreholes? Uh, nothing. Are we talking about like the bore, like the the animal, or boring into something like a drilling a- event? Like a drilling event. Yeah, nothing. We have done a story about boreholes on this show before. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Um, I want to say there's a hole in Russia that goes deeper than any other hole ever, and they just kind of covered it up or some shit. That is exactly right. Okay. Give this guy a cigar. Yes. See, you did know about boreholes. I do. I that. do. See, you said no, and then you did. You Expert coming All through. Right. Well, I kind of have like a, I don't know if it's an update, but just kind of more information on that borehole like subject itself. Not necessarily about that one, but I will talk about that one. Ooh. So I want to kind of probe you about the boreholes, brah. So this is uh this every fucking time we hang out, you're always asking me about my boreholes, and I'm just like, "What are your borehole doing? You talking about boreholes? No one's talking about this. I'm telling you now, we got to invest in borehole. I want to invest in this company. It's called Quace, and uh, they're into boreholes. Uh, this company they want to <laughs> dig deeper into the earth than ever before. Um, and then, like I said, we talked about the deepest hole. So it's actually uh, the one in Russia. You're right. It was called the Kola the Kola Super Deep Borehole. And it took nearly 20 years to reach a depth of about 7.6 miles. Wow. Oh, that's and, the one in uh, Russia. That was, correct. And that is the deepest hole humanity has ever drilled to date. And that still is. Seven for, miles. That's it. 7.6 miles. Yes. So remember when we talked about Europa and that was like 10 to 15 miles with the ice? Yeah. We can't even do that shit here. So what are we even thinking about? Although now we learned there could be, you know, stuff closer to the surface. But uh, so back to the boreholes, though. So this company, though, basically in a nutshell, it's a Boston-based MIT spinoff because it was like um, it was born out of a nuclear fusion research for MIT in plasma science and, and the fusion center. And basically what it does, it, it repurposed a powerful millimeter wave beam technology uh, originally developed to superheat plasma and fusion experiments and blast it through previously undrillable rock. Cool. I'll, I'll explain it a little bit more. But actually. It, there you go. It really is something like that. But I actually have a neat little gif to show you guys. It's in the general chat. I should have done the staff only one. Oh well. <laughs> Whatever you want to chat. see this, uh, listeners, go to our Discord. Discord. But uh, if you click that really quick, it literally is like a gif. It's not even a video, so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. But I'm going to describe it, you know, for the audience as well. But essentially. What this, what we're kind of looking at is it's using the millimeter long waves of electro, electromagnetic radiation to force atoms to melt together. It's essentially like a laser beam thing. So if you don't see a laser, it's just like, it almost looks like a heat gun blasting some rock and you just see the rock getting hot and melting and just chunking away. Yeah. So instead of like a physical drill bit where you're going to be like, and it gets, you know, that's what, that's what took 20 years in Russia we're going to be he, there's a company the Quace company is going to be trying to use this technology to start trying to their 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 idea is basically drill less and burn more they're going to bake holes into the crust of the earth <laughs> that sounds like a good idea can't see anything right? go wrong there i think i don't see anything wrong with this either i think it's awesome but <laughs> <laughs> well you know what this reminds and, me of is the uh, the satan's hole in turkey or wherever the hell it is um, where, you know, if this thing comes across like a natural gas deposit, the whole fucking thing's going up. <laughs> Quiet you. Right? You can't use it for <laughs> fracking. I never thought about that. I just thought about all the positive things. But yeah, like, I'm sure there are like a lot of like unforeseen things. I mean, we got to 7.6, so we should be fine. You know, that, you know, that should be safe. It just beyond is ah, beyond. But um, let me tell you more about this stuff. And I think we should we should invest. In this company, bruh. I like it. Boreholes. Because, like, why are we talking about this? It's all about, like, the, like, geothermal energy and heat. It's like a never-ending source, basically. And that's why we why we want to get into this. It's a renewable, you know, green-friendly energy. Even better than wind, bruh. 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 Get into it, bruh. Keep my side of pair. 
<laughs> so basically what this uh, the Quake company is doing, they're combining conventional drilling methods with the megawatt power flashlight is what one article called it, otherwise known as a gyrotron. And that gyrotron is basically the thing that is uh, the powerful millimeter wave beam technology. And what that was used for was the heat plasma infusion experiments. So it sounds like it's just really tiny lasers just melting shit together, just blasting shit away and just like. And uh, basically what a gyrotron does, it turns out continuous beams of electromagnetic radiation by shaking electrons at high speeds inside powerful magnetic fields. And that's why I, that's why I showed you this GIF because everything I'm saying, I'm like, what? It just sounds like a bunch of big <laughs> words. But if you see the GIF, it's literally like, it looks like a heat gun. Just like, you see the, the rock like get hot, you know, and orange and yellow and then blast away, orange and yellow blast away. It, so it reminds like a, me it, of a sandblaster where it's just like spitting okay. out particles at that thing at high speed and just kind of blasting away the little bits at a time. Yes, exactly. And so they're going to use like the traditional method for like the easy stuff. And then the gyrotron, gyrotron powered energy beam to melt, fracture and vaporize the tough stuff. And they're claiming it, it will take 100 days to deliver you a hole that's 20 kilometers or 12.4 miles deep. Okay, why? Especially if you're not taking core samples. Like, are you? T- you're not taking core Just samples because you're obliterating the sample. So, no, make dinosaurs, bro. Why? Don't ask. Who gives make dinosaurs? F- who? Ca- are you asking why we should do it? No, just yes. make dinosaurs because we can. You want to discover hollow earth? Is that your, <laughs> is that your theory? <laughs> I hope. Oh my God! I actually, you know, it's funny. I did think that at one point. I'm like, okay, let's just calm down. <laughs> Those but, hobbits are going to be pissed. <laughs> that'd be sick, right? Like some you know hollow earth stuff. But um, here's why it's cool. It's cool for other reasons. But I want to talk a little bit more. Tool is that um, uh, since it's a direct energy drill, it would effectively cauterize the rock it cut through. So melting the bore shaft as it goes and vitrifying it into a glassy layer that would seal out fluids gases and other contaminants that have caused problems in previous ultra deep drilling projects i thought <clears throat> i thought you're you're gonna end that by saying like oh and a glassy cool exterior would look cool i thought that's how that's all it's gonna be no but it actually seals it too because actually i didn't realize the gases that you maybe that would i don't know because in our mind there's like a giant pocket's gonna blow up but like maybe it's just a nice, it's a sexy, glassy hole, is what they're saying. Why? Sexy, glassy, bro. Fucking why? Are we going to discover for the, dark for matter the geothermal, with it? For the geothermal energy, Is it energy, a new bro. drug delivery system? Yes, number one. And it's for the energy, bro. The energy. It's, um, so like I said, it's going to, we're going to do boreholes deeper than ever before. Uh, far enough to access rock temperatures of around 500 degrees Celsius or 932 degrees Fahrenheit. So really hot rocks, basically. And uh, that's well past the point where water becomes heated to a super critical state that radically boosts the efficiency of geothermal power extraction. So essentially, right, generating power is always moving a turbine somewhere, sort of. I mean, we talked about a million different ways at this point, but like the old school ways with that's coal or, you know, we're getting newer ones. And and I love nuclear power, too. But this is like another way where we can superheat this water and somehow they've already – can they know how to do that and direct it or whatever to the turbines and Bob's your uncle. Boom. I think 24 hours a day, this heat's always happening. It never, it's not like the, it's like a windy no, it's day. Not. The wind's not going to happen. Here's what, the thing. What it, do you mean? No, it's not. No, it, it is. Yes. No. But 24 hours a day, <laughs> it's been self-contained heat. Now we're going to drill holes into the earth to cool it off. Like this is a stupid idea. This is a what? dumb idea. What are you talking about? Because like, <laughs> let's say it works. Let's say this first one works, and then it's like, oh, we should put these everywhere. Like, just keep drilling holes and stealing that the Earth's heat. That's fucking could, that's dumb. That's what they're saying they could do. Fucking, it's a tiny hole. In, in, they it's should, a tiny one. <laughs> this whole you company. You're going to look down this little hole, and it's going to be like a fiery Balrog coming up the other side. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who said Hollow Earth and gas exploding. <laughs> no one else. You fucking oh the fucking Hollow Earth the gas explosion. <laughs> Shut this, up. This is a, this is a bad idea. I'm going on record here. Start siphoning heat from the Earth. COVID this is how like you. you're scared now of everything new. Although I agree, no, it's like it's like since 2022. It's just it is. It's all good. 
I told you Wally all started in 2024 when Harambe got killed in the last episode. We talked about it. <laughs> That's when the timeline split. <laughs> the timeline split. But no, the end result is massive, virtually inexhaustible geothermal energy resources available practically anywhere on the planet. And it even says more or less any existing power station that uses fossil fueled heat to create steam and run turbines can be connected to a totally reliable 24 hour supply of green energy that will keep those turbines turning without a single puff of CO2. Or without worrying, uh, you know, intermittency of, uh, you know, wind and solar. So it's better than wind and solar. It's and, fun. you know. <laughs> no, it's not. And I, and it was cool on an episode of Stargate ex- until the whole planet blew up. But that was oh, you know, yeah. Stargate. Yeah. But it was on Stargate. Yeah. It was cool. It, like, ran the star and some other cool shit. Isn't that how Krypton blew up, too? Didn't they fucking rob their planet of energy? Don't even get started. Krypton blew up for like a thousand reasons. Like, I think fucking Brainiac's involved, Jarrell's involved. Also, the planet would have done it no matter what. I think there's some Phantom Zone shit involved. There's <laughs> other superheroes involved, villains involved. At the end Time of the day, timelines are involved. They're just that. exchanging one evil for another. You're, you're stealing the Earth's heat. That can't be fucking good. Stealing it. We're stealing it. They are. We're stealing the sun's energy and the Earth's wind. Like, you're taking it's, heat from the fucking core and... We're using heat. I don't think we're taking you're it. You're taking it. Because that, heat, not, that heat would otherwise be self-contained uh, below, uh, like, 17 miles below a surface... And now we're like, ooh, let's just drill some holes and release that heat so we can watch TV and shit. Fuck that. What are you doing? So, so, the, so the but but the so the Russian one, you're fine with that one? That's only seven miles in there, seven point six. Well you're they capped one? it and they're not they're not using it as a um as a I guess a uh what am I trying to say? A benchmark or <laughs> a, a proof of concept for a new energy source. And to be this article has not said they've done this yet. I've noticed that they were very they they say they can, and they have it though. I have, so there's no proof, but like uh, they've been talking about a 2026 2028 startup and like like proof of concept already. Like they're actively trying to do this. So I I was gonna say invest in this shit. You're anti this I'm to the core. I'm pretty way shocked. anti. Just because like I, I'm sure one hole won't hurt. But if we start relying on it as a thing... On the holes? Yeah, and start just drilling holes. Like, granted, we we use geothermal energy now through somewhat naturally occurring uh, places and whatnot. We're not straight up drilling into the Earth's crust to fucking siphon energy from the Earth. It's cool, baby. Like, I'm all for nuclear power. I think it's safe, too. But, like, I think this is... In, in my mind, safer. Although I guess, yeah, this is drilling into the Earth and stuff. But it's like a little... In the grand scheme of things, it's like poking a fucking whale with a sharpie. Like, whatever. I, I agree. A few hundred sharpies. A few hundred sharpies isn't going to hurt him. I agree in that. But I don't Damn like him. the idea that it and could be. And we're not be even going that deep. We're like, we're not going to like the liquid hot magma. Or liquid hot magma. Like, we're just trying to go deep enough for the, for the heat to get a little little spicy down there. Just the tip. Just the tip, Earth. Don't worry and about I'm it. And I just, it, I think it's one of those things if, if we can. Because if we can do it here, then we got to learn here. And then on Europa, we're just going to melt through the ice there and then we'll find the aliens and then probably contaminate them with the heat and they're all died. Like there's a hole. Ah! Like all well, these civilizations going through the ocean. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Fuck Europa up, you know, hashtag not my planet. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Maybe it actually, if it was like a ball like thing that heated up and went down through the water, I bet you would freeze. Ooh. It would like, you heard it here. You heard it here first folks. <laughs> better than most Europa probes. <laughs> All right, do you guys know about the uh, Arcebo transmission? Have you ever heard about this thing? The Arcebo oh. transmission. Arcebo. Arcebo. No. Um, Arcebo. It was a message beamed into space by the Arcebo radio telescope in Puerto Rico in 1974. So Arcebo. It consisted of 1,679 bits arranged into 73 lines of 23 characters. Blah blah blah. The message it was transmitted. Like string. Arcebo. Arcebo. Yes. Buy an Arcebo now. New to hit the market. Buy Too, it. Super cheap. We're trying to undercate Gatorade. That's How right. much is Gatorade? Like about four bucks for like probably one small one. They're not cheap. You can, you can get an Arcebo for ninety nine cents. <laughs> um, okay, so the message is it was in how many lines? Whatever, 73 lines of 23 characters, but... I kind of uh, wanted to hear that, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got to hear. 
So the um, it was transmitted in binary code, ones and zeros, and once decoded, okay. the message forms a visual graphic consisting of a stick figure of a human, as well as representations of our solar system, DNA, and the Arcebo telescope. So we sent this out into the universe in 1974. Have you heard of the cosmic call? That is, a, I'm assuming it's something similar. It is indeed. Yeah. Um, okay. It was an updated radio message sent out into the galaxy in 1999 and 2003 by a uh, the radio telescope 70 in Ukraine. Well, that's kind of, I mean, on some level, that's cool because we're always listening for that shit. So I guess we should start producing. I mean, I guess, I don't know, aren't all our things beaming out there? But this is different. We're actually trying to focus it, I guess. So maybe it's a little better. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't TV, know. If- TV signals getting degraded. I mean, everything gets degraded anyway, but yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if they're beaming it at a location or just kind of broadcasting it to the heavens. I'm not quite sure. But um, yeah, I mean, so scientists at Cambridge University are now updating those messages and planning to broadcast them again. The new message has been named the Beacon in the Galaxy. So the BITG. Bid- a beacon now. Yeah. A beacon? The new message contains more information about basic mathematics and science. It lists elements, more DNA, water, land, you know, a couple other just basic concepts, earth, wind, fire, you know, all the avatar states. Uh-huh. Exactly. That that band, too. They have the, the, the music there. That's it. That's it. Um, so, and... It, you know, this got me thinking. And back in 2015, Stephen Hawking endorsed the idea of looking hey. for other civilizations by listening for them. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. But he cautioned humanity about broadcasting our location. Yes, like, he was kind of, like, anti that, because, you know, who's going to show up? Like, it's, it's, he's almost like it's bad either way. Like, it's either they're going to take us over or, I, I mean, I guess even help us, but even helping us, I guess that destroys our, our culture and society a little bit, but I'm all for that. I'd be way down for that. So, <laughs> in fact, I think I'd be down even for the they take us over and stuff. Down with and the like man. Destroy, yeah, like, and then like enslave the the the, the survivors because then generations from now it'll be like you know battlefield Earth status and we'll take it back. Well, the technology is that that terrible. No, Ron Hubbard. No. Yeah, is that, as I say, is that the terrible L. Ron <laughs> Hubbard movie with John Travolta and shit? Exact, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How these these primitive humans can fly jets and shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Stephen Hawking quote uh said in 2015 quote if you look at history contact between humans and less intelligent organisms has often been disastrous from their point of view and encounters between civilizations with advanced uh versus primitive technologies have gone badly for the less advanced so from a historical point of view he's guessing aliens coming here would be bad for us in some way um on the flip side jamalaha uh, who is involved in the uh, Beacon in the Galaxy project, believes otherwise. She says, quote, Stephen Hawking's quote is absolutely inspiring, and my personal conclusion was that any species capable of understanding and interpreting our message will likely be equally, if not more intelligent, and wary of our existence. I think- oh, as if like, oh, like... These motherfuckers are so bad. They think they're they're leading a beacon. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're like leading a beacon back to them. Who are these guys? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, what would you think, right? Like, is this a trap? Like, should we it's fuck with them? Like, should we? Well, that's the whole dark forest theory. Dark what? The dark forest. Oh, the know. galaxy. The dark forest theory is that, like, there are aliens out there and they're purposely being quiet because there's something. It's a dark forest and almost like you once you're known all the other oh. ones come and get you and kill you or something there's like a that. predator there's, there's a like, wolf out there exactly or something like that so there's very cautious very like mm. don't do that or something so yeah it could be like a trap or something or who knows but i'd be so, more like wary to do it she also says quote thus as long as contact is approached with a clear sign of peace it can be assumed that the hopeful possibilities and discoveries that come alongside communication outweigh the risk so she's never, i mean what if a klingon found it well she's being very optimistic yeah if a klingon found it or a ferengi even a ferengi yeah well yeah well i mean we'd have to pay it, for shit but 
I mean, I'd, I'd be, I'd rather Frankie than the, 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 or what if the Cardassians found it? They could all figure out those numbers and come and exploit precious Earth stuff, but then they'd bring all the cool tech, though. Oh, dude, all hell, Cardassia Prime. Come on, take us over. I'd love don't, that. Don't you want the holodeck? Yeah. You want a holodeck? Yeah, I want a holodeck. We get, well, we need to become slaves to the aliens. <laughs> Small there price really to pay. There's no other way about it. Like, what do you want? <laughs> like, so. Become a slave, get a sex hologram. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know what I would do. What, what do I do? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's all I got. So, uh, hey, make sure to join us next week when Max will give you a detailed step-by-step instruction of how to properly install AstroTurf on your ceiling. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Keep in mind that we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discuss, we encourage you to research them yourself and let us know if we missed anything. Submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter and Instagram, both at BTMT underscore podcast. And please rate and subscribe on your podcast app.